Welcome to the Ask the Law Firm Seller Show. This is episode two. My name is Jeremy Pook. I lead senior attorney match. And for for today's show, we have three segments. It's going to be segment one, which is Q&A. Segment two, we're going to welcome attorney Harold Kestenbaum, who sold his law practice to Spadia Liana based in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania in 2019. And then we're going to finish with Pook's post. So let's start with Q&A. What's our first question today? So our first question comes in from Chris Dreyer of Rankings.io. Chris's question is, why isn't acquisition a larger strategic initiative for growth in the legal industry? Chris, thank you so much. And I'll tell you, I, I think about the same thing all the time because we think about firms that are growing, right? A growing law firm is based on a foundation, right? That foundation has six cores to it, okay? The foundation upon which we can grow a law firm is built upon a client list, the goodwill that a law firm is developing in their locality, their state, nationally, sometimes even internationally, their subject matter knowledge that they're developing, they're hiring key employees, they're developing referral sources, and they're introducing post-2020 more and more digital value, right? And as we can see here, they're building these buildings filled with what? They're filled with clients, right? That's that's the energy source of law firms. We need as law firms, we need clients. And so many growing firms, they're so focused on, okay, how can we get more clients? How can we generate more revenue? Well, to Chris's question, right? Growth by acquisition. Let's take a look at what that looks like, right? You're building your own buildings. Terrific. Well, what if there's a senior attorney, which we define as an attorney who's practiced more than 30 years, what if they have similar buildings as you, right? We think back to the Monopoly board, right? We put houses on the Monopoly board, then we build more houses, and then we add hotels onto the different you know, pieces of the Monopoly cards on the Monopoly board. Well, really the same thing with growth by acquisition. So we are recommending to growing law firms, they should absolutely be thinking about growth by acquisition because it provides instant expansion. It provides cross-marketing opportunities because often the senior attorney-led firms are not doing all of the same practice areas as growing firms. Great for cross-marketing. And there's really four key benefits of growth by acquisition, which is the instant client growth of taking on the clients of a senior attorney and the firms that senior attorneys have led. Combined workforce, that is attorneys and non-attorney staff that can come over from a senior attorney's firm, that marketing value, take all of the content, the subject matter knowledge that senior attorneys have developed over the course of their careers and start maximizing and monetizing that digital value. And then the cumulative expertise of what senior attorneys and their attorneys and non-lawyer staff bring. So Chris, thank you so much for that question. And we really think that more law firms should be bullish, growing firms should be bullish in terms of growth by acquisition. All right, let's look at our, our next question. So next question comes in from Margaret Burke. Margaret runs MB um, Law Firm Consulting. And Margaret asks, please explain the typical options for selling a law firm. Margaret, thanks so much. So there are three options for selling a law firm. Those three options consist of join a growing law firm, which we consider as the preferred option. The second one is structure an internal succession plan, right? Like if you have uh, lawyers that work in your firm, partners, 
senior associates, or you think of trying to recruit an attorney to come into your practice for the purposes of taking it over, you can structure an internal plan. We consider that the potential one because often those internal successors, really what they want is a job and they don't want to become a small business owner. And the third option is just maintain your status quo, right? Like you're not selling, but in some respects you sort of are because the value of your practice, it may actually be increasing, but often for senior attorneys, it's decreasing because we are now in the 3.0 digital era for law firms. And we find that senior attorneys are just not developing as many clients as they did in yesteryear. So why do we consider joining a growing law firm as the preferred option? It's because of synergy value. That is, growing law firms want and need what? They want and need clients and referral sources. And what senior attorneys offer are these four sources of value to growing law firms. Hence why it's our preferred options, what we're often seeing in the marketplace. Because growing law firms, they view senior attorney-led firms as the instant client growth that they can provide, the combined workforce that a senior attorney and their other attorneys and para staff provides, cumulative expertise that senior attorneys bring to the firms that they join, and marketing value. Because as growing firms are recognizing more and more post-2020, is that they need to employ multiple multi-channel digital marketing because clients today are searching for lawyers digitally and what do they need to be able to utilize and maximize their ability to multi-channel market? They need content and senior attorneys have plenty of content in terms of all of the experience that they've developed over the course of their careers, which also feeds into trust because clients want to hire lawyers that they can trust. And when senior attorneys are adding more marketing value to those growing law firms, they're bringing with them that all important know, like, trust when they're adding digital and marketing content to the firms that they join. Okay, so next question. Um, next question today comes in from Stuart Hirsch. Um, Stuart Hirsch leads strategic relationships. Stuart asks us, how will a lawyer know when it's time to sell um, the law practice. So Stuart, thanks so much. And here I'm gonna share an infographic that shows what a typical client is thinking when they're just ready to sell, right? Now, there's a distinction between ready to sell and stop practicing, right? Because the most popular complaint that we get when, when lawyers call us and they say, okay, I'm thinking of selling my practice. I'm like, all right, well, what do you want? Well, what I really want is they don't want to manage the practice anymore. So we're going to distinguish between selling and stopping practicing. So when it comes to this question of like, how do you know when it's time to sell, right? What this senior attorney is epitomizing is what typical thoughts are, which is, okay, maybe next year I'm finally going to be able to slow down. Okay, when will my internal successors actually walk down the hall, come into my office and say, okay, I'm ready to buy. By the way, that rarely happens, okay, because they just want a job and they don't want to take over your law practice. Um, next one is, when can I finally take a two-week vacation? Because the law office just anchors them um, into their, you know, into their home community. And they're not able to take a two, let alone a three-week vacation because of that anchor of the office. And then also, they're just sick and tired, and this is a big one, of payroll right? It's due every two weeks and rent is due on the, on, the, on the first of the month. So when it comes to, you know, what are their options, okay? When it comes to selling their law practices, 
they really have three options. Options are to sell the law firm to a growing law firm, to structure an internal succession plan, or just continue with that status quo, which we already know is really not satisfactory to many senior attorneys as the years go by. Every monthly rent check, every other week with making payroll reinforces that many senior attorneys certainly have in their minds they want to sell, which often, as I was saying before, is that they really don't want to manage the office. Yes, we can help them structure terms for selling, but those what we're often helping our clients do is sell their firms by joining growing law firms. They continue to practice for a certain number of years, earn revenues while they're continuing to practice. And then we're helping structure earn out terms where they're being paid over time. And that leads into this next infographic, which is that in addition to the thoughts of the senior attorneys about when is it right to, when is the right time to sell, sometimes it just hits you in your face. Okay, because post 2020, those lawyers that are maintaining their status quo and they're not adopting new methods for business development for their firms, what we're seeing in the marketplace is that if you maintain your status quo and you rely on your word of mouth reputation of how business came to your office pre 2020, even pre Y2K, right? In the pre Google, pre internet age, okay, in this post 2020 age, when younger competitors, know that would-be clients are searching on Google, revenues are going down. And when revenues go down, that is another sign that you should really consider selling your law practice or at least join a growing law firm. Because what we find is when our clients join growing law firms, then those growing law firms that recognize the synergy values that senior attorneys offer to growing law firms, our clients, senior attorneys, can see their revenues increase as compared to status quo when they decrease. And then finally, because it can be seen here in this infographic, for lawyers, unfortunately, that wait too long, some kind of random Tuesday event can happen. That is a physical or mental incapacity or uh, unexpected death. And in those situations, the value of a firm plummets because in any law firm sale today, we need the senior attorney to transition the clients and the referral sources for the, for the senior attorney to realize the value of their practice. And if the senior attorney is unavailable for that, the practice the practice's value just absolutely plummets. Okay. And for our next question, um, comes in from Stuart Hirsch. So thank you, Stuart, from Strategic Relationships. And Stuart asks us, what are the, th what are the three most important factors a young lawyer should consider before talking with us um, bef about buying a law practice? All right, so I'm not going to necessarily answer Stuart's, Stuart's question as well as possible because Stuart asked for three reasons. We're really going to start out with one primary factor that, uh, that, that growing law firms should be considering, which is that have they already built their core foundation, right? If they've built their core foundations on who they are and what they do, that is, they've established clients, they've established goodwill, they have um, practiced enough in certain practice areas, certain subject matter areas. Let's just say a T&E attorney who's practiced for 10 to 20 years. It is now in his or her early 40s, maybe even early 50s, heck, maybe even late 30s, but they know that subject matter already. And using that example of T&E, they, they probably also do real estate, 
corporate, maybe some other areas as well. They've developed some referral sources and they're developing digital value, but they're competing like crazy with others in the marketplace, right? So to answer Stuart's question of, okay, when do we know that it's the right time to grow by acquisition? All right, we've got our law firm on steady ground. Now we're ready to grow by acquisition, right? If we have the subject matter down in certain practice areas, then I can tell you in my experience that if that growing law firm, if they're entrepreneurial at all, which by the way, not all lawyers are entrepreneurial. Plenty of us went straight to law school because we didn't want to go to business school, right? We didn't want to run a business. But for those lawyers that have some entrepreneurial inklings about themselves, right? Then if you've got that core, uh, that core practice already built, you're ready to grow by acquisition. Grow by acquisition means taking on practices or a practice that has practice areas similar to you. So our example has been trust and estates attorney does real estate and does corporate. We always recommend stay in your lane buy similarly situated practices. Let's use the legal term like kind, right? Let's look for a senior attorney led firm that, that, that practices in a like kind area. As you hear our example, T&E real estate, corporate. Those are going to bring in four key benefits. The instant client growth, combined workforce from a senior attorney's practice, the subject, um, the cumulative experience and the marketing value. And then here, it's very important to understand that when you have grown by acquisition, right? These are not turnkey um, transactions, okay? It's not as if you're purchasing another Duncan franchise, right? This is a law firm that's run by a senior attorney. It's often been run in a certain way for many, many years. What we're showing here is that post-sale, we see that there are four steps needed to achieve success so that growth by acquisition actually works. The first is what we call the listening tour, right? What we often hear as kids, it can be annoying when our parents say it, but our parents were right, okay? We have two ears, one mouth, right? First month or two months, just listen. Listen to what the senior attorney is saying. Listen to what their para staff is saying. Very important. It's almost like the judge can hurt you and the clerk can kill you while the senior attorney can hurt you. But boy, those para staff, if they're not in sync with you, they can really they can really interfere and, and not in such a bad way. They don't mean bad. They don't they don't mean to be interfering, but they certainly can interfere. We have to listen to what it is that they want. Next is each side needs to adapt and adopt. Once we've gone through listening tour, adapt and adopt, then the, then the two firms can start growing together, right? And growing together means the trust transfer from the senior attorney to the lawyers at the firm that the senior attorney joined, and that's going to bring in more revenues, and it's going to be a successful growth by acquisition until finally the senior attorney and really both sides are saying, wow, we should have done, we should have done this earlier. Okay, so now we're going to move into the next segment of today's episode, where I'm very excited to um, to welcome in um, my um, longtime colleague, um, friend, uh, client um, is uh, attorney uh, Harold Kastenbaum. Um, Harold, welcome. How are you? I'm very good, Jeremy. How are you? Uh, doing okay. Thank you so much for joining. Harold's joined before on the state of the market for law firm sales. And so, Harold, for today, in terms of the ask, you know, the ask the law firm seller show, right? We really want, we really want to have a conversation with sellers today. That that I find Harold, they're they often have fears about certain things, right? It's like, okay, I want to do succession planning for my practice, but there's just certain things they don't say it's a fear, but we've just learned our experience. They are so that, that first fear. 
that um, that our clients have is that they think that they're gonna all of a sudden if they join a firm they're gonna have a boss and you joined Spady Liana in 2019 okay can you tell us a little bit like from day one did you feel like you had a boss no not really I mean look there's a there's a large age disparity between myself and Tom and Josh I'm 20 plus years older than they are I'm not sure that they ever considered their them being my boss um, more we were more equals than than boss and an employee. So I never felt that way. And I don't think they did either. So it, from that standpoint, it's worked out pretty well. Um, I never thought I had a boss. And up to and four years later, I still don't. Great. And that, that leads into the next one, which is a lot of our clients, they think that if they're going to join a firm, they're just going to lose control of their work-life balance. Like what's been your experience since you joined, a, you know, since you joined a firm, has your work-life balance lost control or have you gained control? Well, clearly it's been a revelation for me, you know, being a solo practitioner basically for 40 plus years. Um, and I heard you earlier on about taking vacations and going away as a solo practitioner, it's very hard to do that. Um, now I have a work life I could do. I mean, I work from home and, and I can thank the pandemic for that. Um, and it's given me the ability to to do my work, to, to do what I need to do and enjoy my life, enjoy my grandkids. It's It's been terrific for me. So, Harold, let's just let's talk a little more on this, because when you and I originally met, right, like you would you're, you're very physically fit, right? Like so you would start your day, work out, be in the office. Right, you'd be supervising. Like, how many paralegals would you be supervising? When uh, you were five, five paralegals. Right, and they're coming into your office all the time, asking the time. you, right, hucking you for this, hucking you for that, right. Um, and, and then once you join Spady Liana, like, and understanding the pandemic happened, right. So, like, you, you're now working from home, but but even virtually now, how much are you getting hucked by paralegals, other lawyers? I'm not. That's the that's the beauty. I mean, they're they're the paralegals answer to the lawyers they work with. They're not me because I really don't get into the the day to day nitty gritty operation of the law firm that I used to have to do. My my role for Spady has been basically marketing and, and client development, which is what I've always done for 40 plus years. So it's been great because now I can focus on that and not be bothered by as I had. In, in my practice, paralegals coming into my office every 10 minutes. So it's it's been terrific for me. And also, like, you're in New York, so it's a lot – when I work with clients in California, I always struggle or, like, southern kind of states, like good weather states. It's so much easier when people are in New York to, like, say, oh, well, you, didn't you always want to aspire to be in Florida or, you know, someplace warmer in the wintertime? So, like, that's you now too, right? I mean, like, the oh. fact – in terms of, like, losing control, like, you're, you're in Florida how many months out of the year? Four and a half. And it's great because I can do the same thing I'm doing here while my 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 family and colleagues are freezing their behinds off up in New York. Um, so it's great. I mean, you know, Florida in the wintertime is, is a great place to be, and it works out very well. I have an office in my apartment, and I could be I could be there right now, and you wouldn't know the difference. You wouldn't know if I'm here or there. And we say that all the time, right? I mean, like no one would have ever wanted the pandemic to happen, right? But the fact that we live in this Zoom world where, and you and I have talked about this before, you can be on a Zoom meeting and then you can 
go for a swim or go for a walk in your, you know, in your shorts. And it's, you know, it's February 3rd. You're a hundred percent right. And and Zoom has created, I mean, I'm meeting clients now that I never would have met without Zoom. They're all over the country. They're all over, they're in Europe. Um, it's unbelievable. So it's really, and you're right. I can get off the Zoom and go out in, in, when I'm in Florida and go out to my pool and swim and and, and just relax. So, so just getting back to that question of the concern about work-life balance, which ties into the boss, right? Because many of my clients, they think that all of a sudden they're going to be boxed into having to work 1,500 to 2,000 billable hours, and they're going to lose all types of control. So like, just if you could just share with us again, Harold, I mean, like, like your thoughts on that and your experience. Well, look, when you, when, when you're in, when you're thinking about selling your practice, you have to think about not wanting to do that. I mean, you've been doing that for all your career and now it's time to, to let somebody else do that. So, I mean, you have to go into, to, into this, you know, sales process thinking that you're not going to do that on a daily basis like you used to do. And you're going to just enjoy a little bit more of, of your life that you didn't do while you were worrying about rent and payroll and, and all the other admin stuff that practitioner has to worry about. Great. All right. So then the, the third fear that we talk with, with clients about is that they're going to lose their identity, right? Like the office is their identity, right? Like I'm going to the office, okay? No, I've got to do this because, you know, the office, Right, the office becomes part of our identity. Heck, Harold, it was part of your identity, right? It was. I mean, I guess the pandemic helped change that, uh, and, and I'm sure it did for a lot of people. But but I have not it had a problem. Um, my identities. I mean, I've been because I've been doing what I do for forty plus years. The industry knows who I am. So even though I'm I'm, I'm with another firm, they still know who I am and what I do and what I've done over the years. So I really haven't lost my identity. So that hasn't been a problem for me. And, and I'll tell you this, when, when a lawyer is thinking about doing what I did, you've got to leave your ego at the door because you can't go in and, and think you're going to be the same, you know, king of the hill that you were when you owned your own practice. You're now joining another firm. You have to blend in and you got to, you got to realize that you're not number one anymore and that's okay. Because as you get older, you don't want to be. Yeah, I think you're right. And and what you and I have also talked about before is that for as great as it can be to run your own office, a lot of that identity as as our clients, you know, get a little bit older is about the complaining about the office, right? Like so many of your friends and relatives, they hear from you, oh, Harold, how, how's the office going? How are things? And five minutes can be spent saying like, oh, it's it, things are going well, business is going well. And then 15 minutes can be fetching right? About, um, you know, about this paralegal, that lawyer. Um, so like losing part of that identity is not such a bad thing, is it? No, not at all. Actually, it's a plus. I, 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 I've relished it. It's great. No question. All right. Well, terrific. Harold, wish you only continued success with, uh, with Spady, Liana, and Tom and Josh, um, and really appreciate you joining today. Thanks so much. Jeremy, it's my pleasure. And, and, I, and I, I, to anybody who's thinking about this, Jeremy is the guy to talk to. He did a great job for me, and I, I thank him every day. Absolutely. Well, it's very, very kind. All right. Thank you so much, Harold. Okay.
Okay, so our third segment of today's show is what we call Pook's Posts, right? So the post for today, Pook's Post today, is on the following subject. The ongoing disruption in, in law firm values caused by the post-2020 3.0 digital era, okay? Um, Pre-2020, really pre-Y2K, lawyers developed their books of business in what we call the word of mouth era. Um, in, that in that word of mouth era, the way business development was done, and it's still done in a lot of respects today in these ways, many senior attorneys, that is attorneys that have practiced more than 30 years, they developed their books of business, what I'll call the hard way, okay? Not that there's ever an easy way, but this was the hard way, right? A ton of in-person networking, right? Whether you're going to a local charity, you're going to a trade association, you're belonging to country clubs, you're just out there working it hard. Non-digital thought leadership. In addition to all that in-person networking, you're writing articles and you're trying to have those articles published in print publications, newspapers, magazines, um, and whatnot. Then you're Sponsoring events, right? We all remember that, okay? And looking forward to seeing the ad book at an event. And you're spending money on that because you want the word to get out that this is what you do. This is the, you're, you're a lawyer, that you're part of a law firm um, that specializes in such and such. And we believe in the cause of the event. Hence, we're investing in a full page, half page, quarter page ad, whatnot. And then um, some of the larger firms would, were doing more sophisticated in print types of advertising, yellow pages or TV ads, radio ads, and again, journals and publications. Fast forward to 2020. Like we're going from what we call the 1.0 word of mouth era to the 3.0 era. In the 3.0 era, this is the era that is causing major disruption, okay, in the marketplace for business development for lawyers, which is Google front and center, right? We live in a Google world. I am often saying that the number one referral source for lawyers today in America is Google, that it's Uncle Google. It has surpassed word of mouth because if we just think about it, you know, we live by these devices, right? It's only inches from me during, you know, during today's, during today's show. I'll credit Gary Vinerchuk, Gary V, for Gary saying that these are the remote controls of our lives, right? Like when you want a lawyer, when client would-be clients want lawyers, they are going on these devices. So why is that so disruptive? It's disruptive to lawyers that used to develop their business in the word of mouth era because clients have now transitioned to the much to, to the much more convenient method of searching for their lawyers on Google and in other types of digital platforms as, as well. They may, may be searching on videos on YouTube. They may be in Facebook groups. They may be listening to podcasts. And if senior attorneys are not in that media today, then their business revenues or go are going to go down because of that disruption. And just to show in terms of the future, okay, in terms of what's coming to a theater near you, okay, this is a pretty harsh uh, analogy, and it's not going to be as drastic, but just because it's not going to be as drastic does not mean that it's not happening. We all know about Blockbuster and Netflix, right? 
for for anybody that's in the senior attorney in, in a senior attorney category of having practiced more than 30 years we remember right going to your local blockbuster it was convenient then to rent to rent a video well when netflix came into into play it wasn't as convenient anymore to rent a video as it was to, as it is today to just select on our remote controls in our homes the movie or show that we want to watch and for senior attorneys in terms of that disruption to business development for your practices if you're not realizing yet and, and experiencing yet that your practice that your business development is going to be going down because clients are going to where the convenience is it's so much more convenient to search for a lawyer on google and read google reviews than even ask your brother your sister your best friends your accountant your financial planner for who the right lawyer is for your situation those lawyers that aren't realizing that and they're not adopting multi-channel digital marketing for their practices their number of new clients is going to decrease and that disruption as a result of a decrease in clients is also going to decrease the value of your practice so when it comes to that pooks post today in terms of this disruption of the 3.0 digital era while senior attorneys have what growing law firms want and need you've developed those clients you put in your dues you did it the hard way by developing that book of business right that book of business has tremendous value for growing law firms but it will have less value if your book of business is not replenishing as much as it did in yesteryear hence why it may not be as quick as blockbuster as comparison to Netflix, but we are in the midst of a revolution, a revolution of business development for lawyers. And as senior attorneys, as you have those books of business, you have that subject matter knowledge, you have potential for digital value, and you have referral sources, we recommend to those senior attorneys, as you're contemplating succession planning for your practices, who wants and needs that at this point in time is growing law firms. And if your books of business is decreased because you're not adopting multi-channel digital marketing, you are going to have less value tomorrow than you do today. That's today's Pooks Post. That is today's um, second episode of the Ask the Law Firm Seller Show. And look forward to next episode, which will be next month. And if you have any questions um, for the law firm seller, that's me, um, feel free to send a text, um, to send an email, um, or leave a voicemail message. Thank you so much.